Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. I mean, I talked to Sam, like, regularly throughout House Arrest, and they never approached him, they never gave him a plea deal. He was like, I don't even think I would take one. I think Sam genuinely doesn't feel he meant to harm customers, so in that way, in his mind, he doesn't feel he's guilty, even though, I mean, obviously with the evidence, it's like, obviously you committed crimes. I am tempted to believe him. You have to admit, right? God, I'm, I'm really not that charismatic. I'm not a great public speaker. And he came up with a way to make it work for him. I mean, you have to hand that to him, right? He's he's smart. He's smart. He knows how to play. So Sam Bateman Free, like I said, I've done a couple of videos on him. I do have a, a cursory understanding of the case. Mm-hmm. It, it is it is kind of convoluted as a result, you know, because of the, you know, oh, this was a trading company. This was our, you know, our multiple tokens. And so... It seems it seems confusing to me. It does. I, I get it. Like the first time I interviewed Sam, I wasn't expecting him to say yes, and I had no idea what I was asking him or talking about. I didn't even know Alameda versus FTX. I, I was very confused as well. So I get it. I get it. Right. I, so yeah, like I, you know, like I said, a, a basic understanding. What I do know is what a Ponzi scheme is. Oh. You know, and which to me, in general, and every time I say something like this, I always get bombarded in the comment section but you know listen the the whole you know the whole crypto thing seems like a, a ponzi scheme to me it's just not it, it's it, there no it's like buying you know it, when guys will compare no no it's just like buying um stock in a company i'm like no it's not you know <laughs> so i'm like no i and then they try and explain it and i'm like you're they could still sell the factories they could still sell the company the cars that, right so no, I'm not. I'm not a crypto enthusiast. I mean, like I own a bunch of crypto, but it's I, I got into it without my own doing. I, I first got into crypto because a relative of mine was Bitcoin mining. But um, I'm I'm still I kind of still think about it sometimes. And I'm like, it's kind of just bullshit. Right. So, I'm on the same boat. But listen, what was even worse is the I- NFTs. Such bullshit. Yeah. So. so. But and I listen, I have a, I had a guy who sat down and explained really desperately tried to explain the difference between um, crypto and Bitcoin. And, you know, God bless him. He he genuinely just really he really thinks I'm smarter than I am. I mean, you know, he he almost had to break out like, you know, like blocks and, you know, the crowns and you know, the whole thing and draw pictures. And I was like, listen, bro, I I'm sorry. Completely wasted on you. Yeah. But, oh, my God. Sam Bankman free. I do have some questions though. Cause okay. and I mentioned this to Tyler. Cause I said, I said, I am super interested. Cause one, he was telling me you need to study up. I was like, I, I kind of know the basics. I don't think reading too much more about it's going to help me much, yeah. but what I was wondering, and I, I don't know if you know this and 
is that, okay, so SPF went to, he went to college and then supposedly he started doing some kind of trading. So and Bitcoin he, arbitrage. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. And, and yes. made a bunch of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Is I'll that, that's like, that's what's said, but is that true? That's the story that Sam gave me. I mean, he went to MIT, then he went off to work at Jane Street Capital, which is apparently a quant trading firm. And then he decided he wanted to go try starting his own thing. And he discovered crypto and Bitcoin. And he saw that there was some discrepancy in the price between Bitcoin in America and Bitcoin in Japan. So he did some arbitrage trade and apparently was making uh, over a million dollars a day doing that. And that is the story that he's told me. It's the story he tells the press. And it's something that didn't come up in court at all as potentially a lie that they've sort of cracked. So right. I'm tempted to believe him, but um, I know some people are very skeptical of that story, but I haven't personally seen like evidence otherwise. I mean, it, it just seems like why, why wouldn't you, since the whole, you know, altruism thing is, is BS, you know, like I, I listen, talk about a guy playing up his strengths. You, you have to admit, right. Like, like if you were like, God, I'm, I'm really not that charismatic. I'm not a great public speaker. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm a little chunky. I'm a little bit geeky. How can I make this work for me? And he came up with a way to make it work for him. I mean, you have to hand that to him, right? He's, he's smart. He's smart. He knows how to play. I mean, it's, it's funny. Cause like, I think that Sam really does sort of have this obsession with EA though. Like he talks about it all the time, even though like everything's over, like he has nothing, he has like the whole game is stopped for him, but he really does talk about it in every single conversation. It's like an obsession for him. So I think he does believe in it, but I think it's more that he just thinks that he's the smartest guy in the room. He thinks that he's best equipped to handle everyone else's money. I he can't believe you just said that. I was actually thinking, and one of the things I've said is, you know, the problem with thinking you're the smartest guy in the room and not actually being the smartest guy in the room is you know, it, it really is a lot of people's downfall where they, it's, he just thinks, well, I can just, I'll just spin it and yeah. spin it and spin yeah. it. But if you're also talking to someone who's sharp, then that's not going to work. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you went, so first let, let me mention this is that when did you first talk to well, how did you get into it? Tell me how you got into it. I know okay. I just watched a video, but. I mean, so I just started a YouTube channel a year ago. And the only reason I started it was because I lost a lot of my money to another collapsed crypto company called Celsius. Um, so I lost like, I think it was close. At the time I deposited, it was like over 200K. So it was a lot. At the, it was a lot for me. So I was going through a spiral of depression, just sitting around in bed. I was also going through a breakup at the time. So I was just like, I need to start doing things. So I started a little YouTube channel, started posting on Twitter. And I just was posting about, first of all, my losses. And that video did better than I expected. And there were other people who had just lost money to Celsius. And they were like, what's happening with the bankruptcy? So I began posting updates, just what's going on with the Celsius network bankruptcy. Employees inside of the company began watching my videos, I guess, and started sending me leaked information, like leaked audio files of internal all-hands meetings. So I started posting those on my Twitter and my YouTube channel, and Sam Bakeman fried started following me the day that I posted my first leaked information bit. Um, so that was September 2022. At the time, Sam was still like the king of crypto. Everyone thought he was like the godsend. And um, so I thought he was just a big shot, and I, I just messaged him like, hey, thanks for the follow. So we chatted very briefly that day in September 2022. Then a couple couple months later, FTX goes down. And I, I just think like, 
okay, I still have that guy's contact. We've messaged before. And I was like, this is a long shot. This guy's not going to respond to me. And he shouldn't respond. People in his position should not be talking to the press after their company just collapsed and yeah. they're potentially going to get indicted. But um, he, I messaged him saying like, hey, obviously there's a lot about FTX in the news right now. Would you be willing to chat with me and tell, tell me your side of the story? And a couple days later, he gets back to me at midnight. I was on, I was on a date that drinks so i was a little bit drunk and he messages me at midnight saying heart happy to chat free for the next hour or so for what it's worth and um i was on a date ran home i was like i can't i can't reschedule with this guy so i ran home drunk and hopped on the phone with him and that was our first interview turned into a series of i had two phone in interviews with him and then he was extradited from the Bahamas to the United States, released on a $250 million bond to his parents' right. house. And um, that night that he got released onto house arrest, he texted me, hey, finally back online. <laughs> so I took my shot again and I asked, are you allowed visitors? And he said, yes, happy to see you. So that started off a series of in-person interviews. Had, had you ever done, what is your background? Like, had you ever done anything like this before? Nothing, nothing remotely close to this. I mean, I, I went to college. Uh, I I started college as an architecture major, and I switched to communications simply because I'm lazy. I had no desire to do anything in like comm or right. journalism or anything like that. It's just an easy major. Um, so I guess I have somewhat background in communications. But um, yeah, after college, I didn't do anything remotely in this realm. I never had aspirations to even like be a YouTuber or a Twitter person. So this was just it all just kind of happened. Um, yeah. But it's been fun. To say I, I hear you. I I started off in business, and then I got a C. I get a C. I got a C in um in accounting too. And I was like, yeah, I, I, this isn't gonna happen. I'm never gonna switch? never gonna do. This. I switched it to fine arts. It was oh, a breeze. I did the same thing. I did the same thing. I was like, this is an MRS degree. Like I'm just <laughs> looking for a man at this point. Um, so, okay. So what? Um. All right. So. Well, so so what what were you what were you doing when this whole thing started off? Like, what was your job? Um, so after college, I never worked a full time nine to five job. I just made a bunch of stupid <laughs> online stores. Like, I made a bunch of it's stupid. It's like kind of scammy. Like those you those people on YouTube who are selling their courses. I don't sell courses. I'm not scamming anyone. But um, I met a bunch of people when I, I traveled after college. I met a bunch of people who were digital nomads, and they taught me how to like set up online like print on demand stores. So I set up tens of them and um it's basically just like making silly designs slapping them on items like t-shirts or mugs and um people can buy them and they get printed automatically onto the item and sent to the customer so i'm not actually like holding inventory so anyway i have a bunch of those kinds of stores so it still makes me passive income in the background and i haven't logged into them in years um so that's basically been my job like i i haven't really been doing much of anything <laughs> so i well certainly had the time on my hands you need to attach some of those to your to your YouTube channel. I know I have it. Well, because a lot of the stores are just really cringy. There's some of them are catered to like teenage girls, and they're just kind of like cringy, flowery, stupid designs. And I'm like, I don't want anyone to see these that I made these. This is embarrassing. So I don't attach them. Okay, so you you connected with with um, SBF. Yeah. You did you go there or did you just talk to him? Did you actually? Um, the first time I, the first two times I spoke with him, we just had phone calls. That was be, before he was uh, imprisoned in the Bahamas and extradited. So two phone calls. Then when he got uh, put onto house arrest at his parents' house, I was like, are you allowed visitors? He says yes. So I visited him right after Christmas. I told him like, hey, I'm going to be in San Francisco. He lives in Stanford. 
um, because I was visiting my sister's family in in San Francisco. So I was like, can I come visit you? Said yes. So I went over to his house for the first time on December 27th. Okay. Um, And you recorded it? Um, I recorded some of our conversations. I don't remember which dates I recorded, but... um, uh, yeah, I haven't released much of them. I also didn't want to get too entrenched in the actual trial. And I actually did get con I was scared of that happening. And I actually did get contacted by the DOJ a couple weeks before his trial. Um, the, the prosecutors on the case were requesting my records. So I had to, I had to lawyer up around that time. Nice. Um, yeah, that was scary. I wasn't expecting to ever talk to the DOJ. But um, yeah, so I haven't released much of those conversations. But I did visit him multiple times over his house arrest. Right. Well, what were the what were the conversations? I mean, Um, if you don't want to be specific, I get it. But, you know, in general, I can talk about it. Like the first time I visited him was right after he'd gone out of prison in the Bahamas. And he's like a relatively he's had a pretty charmed life. And he seemed very shaken by um, his experience being in prison in the Bahamas. But less so because he found he he was like, okay, the conditions we're discussing, but that's something I could get used to. Um, he he just really struggled with not having internet or any contact with the outside world. So he was like going crazy after that. So that our first conversations kind of revolved around how he was like basically going mad in the Bahamas. And um, I think a lot of our conversations largely obviously revolved around the case and the charges against him, but also just kind of him as a person. And obviously a lot of people don't want to be remotely sympathetic or hear anything that's humanizing about Sam, but we did talk a lot about his mental health. I mean, he's like a pretty depressed guy, always has been. He like takes, he uses M. Sam patches for his depression. He, uh, yeah, like has ADHD, depression, et cetera. So we've talked a lot about his mental health and basically even just like the prospect of him going to jail for the rest of or prison for the rest of his life. So we've talked about quite a bit. And I feel like I just got to know him on a personal level, like what he was like growing up and as a kid and um, all that personal stuff. Well, I think that, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's funny because I actually uh, talked to a, a, an F, I interviewed an FBI, a retired FBI agent uh, oh. the other day. And, you know, and, and of course, I've met a bunch of guys that were locked up for various types of schemes, you know, Ponzi schemes, uh, business opportunity schemes, uh, you know, j- just you know, bank fraud, fraud schemes, credit cards, you know, you name it, I can go on and on. But the point is, is that what what I tend to notice is that the majority of the time, and I mean, like, not like 80%, like 98% of the time, Ponzi scheme guys, they never ended up wanting it to be a a Ponzi scheme. Like I've known guys that have, they started a company, they ran it for five years or even 10 years, and then something goes wrong. Yeah. And instead of saying, man, this was a mistake. Like, I, I don't want to have to report this to my yes. investors. So I'm going to fudge the numbers a little bit, but I'll make it up next quarter. Yes. Next quarter, you don't. So what happens is then you, because of that, you now make a little bit more risky uh, um, investments and you have another bad quarter. Yes. Now you're really in the hole. And then you go, well, I can't, I can't tell them now. Yeah. It didn't make it. So I'm going to have to fudge it a little bit, but I need to borrow more money. So now I'm lying to get more money. Listen, within a year, it's a full-blown Ponzi scheme. There's no way to get out of it. Yeah. And, and, you know, they always say, oh, this guy's a con man. He's, he didn't, they typically didn't um, start off that way. It's situational. It happened. And now they're just desperately trying to get out of it. And then a lot of people, you would think that once they realize, 
I, I can't fix this. I need to salvage as much as I can for the benefit of my investors. That's we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's not what they think. What they then think is, how long can I just hold off the inevitable? Yes. And and I feel like maybe that's what he thought, or he was still in that. He was still yeah. in that mindset of, I can pull this off. That honestly sounds a lot like what happened. I mean, it sounded like there were issues. I don't know, starting, I guess it depends when you want to start calling them issues, but it sounds like a lot of it started in like summer last year. And I think that he basically thought that he'd be able to make all the money back. And I don't think his intent from the get go of starting FTX was ever with like, I don't think he set out to just take a bunch of customer funds and buy yachts or anything like that. I mean, in the first place, he's not necessarily someone who even enjoys like yachts and material things granted he did have a 35 million dollar penthouse in the bahamas but he's not someone who has like rolexes and yachts and stuff like that so i don't think his goal really was to set out to just enrich himself so that he could buy a bunch of stuff obviously the money and like obviously 8.6 billion dollars are, are reused so i'm not like vouching for the guy but um i really don't think it started that way and it does feel like there were issues at some point. He started using FTX customer funds to sort of cover up issues, but thought that, hey, we're going to get more investor funding. It's been so easy. People were throwing billions of dollars at him and he's like in his 20s. I think he was just thought that everything was going to work out. I don't think he even saw the possibility of this happening. <laughs> like, I think that he was just so overconfident that he just didn't even think this would happen. Well, there's also the problem of like Binance, like how detrimental was um the you know the rift or the issue with binax like oh binance yeah uh, binance i'm sorry oh my god people, it's okay gonna, crypto me crypto <laughs> i mean how so how how bad was that um the issue it sounded like so Binance was actually one of the first investors in FTX. And right. I think they like wanted to help them out and see them do well. But then FTX started becoming an actual real competitor to Binance. So it sounded like they started to be started to have a rockier and more competitive relationship as time went on. And um yeah, they started just doing sort of making underhanded comments about each other, sort of underhandedly talking sh- crap about I don't know, can we curse in this? Yeah, was it was okay. it Twitter? Didn't I forget that the CEO of uh, and it's Binance. 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 Close so enough. The, People the, know. Like the CEO of Binance, um, like he made some comment on was it Twitter or something like that, and which made people think something's off. Yes. Yes. So they had had some ongoing little rivalry. Sam had made some negative comments about the Binance CEO, sort of making fun of the fact that the like Binance. It doesn't make clear where they're actually running from, and there are maybe some shady things about Binance. So I think Sam commented like, hey, is is um, CZ, the founder of Binance, is he even allowed into the United States? Is he allowed into Washington, D.C.? Kind of just making snide comments about Binance. So ultimately, a few, like within a month or so, then obviously FTX was on rocky, rocky waters, and um, the Binance CEO already had a bunch of FTT tokens from their prior business dealings. And just uh, he said that, like, okay, from what we've heard about FTT, 
uh, we're going to be selling our holdings of FTT, which I think was about $500 million or so. Uh, but that obviously like it created a lot of fear in the market. And little did we know FTX was basically a house of cards built on FTT tokens. So that finance CEO's tweet kind of made people start selling finance, uh, selling FTT and also pulling out of FTX, uh, pulling their funds out. So some people would call it a run on the bank, although FTX was not a bank, but um, we can, I right. guess, use that phrasing for this. But uh, yeah, it basically just, just toppled the whole company. <laughs> so, um, and, and obviously then, you know, then obviously the, the American one went under, right? So then, even though he was insisting that the oh we're good we're good I got well, so Sam still to this day I mean I haven't talked to him since he's been put into jail but he very consistently said that FTX US was completely solvent never touched it was the international exchange apparently where all the problems were so he still stands by that but he was actually um, banned in an I think it's I think they're called in limine motions or whatever but he was banned for bringing that up at trial so that actually he wasn't able to argue that point but he still stands by and like will stake his life on saying that FTX US is still completely solvent, but it was thrown into bankruptcy without his permission, basically. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, we'll get to that. But I mean, let's face it, if you were if he was able to sell all the tokens right now, there's no way he's people are getting back a dollar on the on their dollar. Yeah, I mean, so so, FT, so the FTT token was specifically for FT, FTX International. FTX US apparently had no dealings with FTT since it's technically considered a, a security. So they were apparently, according to Sam, and it, who believes, uh, it, pe a lot of people don't believe Sam in the first place, but I'll just relay that he says that they're entirely separate entities. FTX had nothing to do with FTT tokens, so they were allegedly completely solvent up until the day of the collapse. Right, but, but at this point, if, if they were able to sell all the tokens, there you're still not getting your money back. Like who's if I put a hundred dollars into it at this point, if I were to turn around and be able to sell it, yeah. then nobody's gonna give me a hundred dollars for it. Yeah. They're, so they're gonna, they're gonna be giving me dollars, you know, pennies on the dollar. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, I mean both the both the companies are it's it's like there's no turning back at this point. Sam still right. clings to that, but it's like, yeah, it, it sucks for it. I don't know, even if he's being completely honest, it's like it's a little bit too late. To argue that point at this point so it's kind of just not great for anyone involved so when he when he decided to was he ever given a a, a plea deal like did they ever did the government ever come to him and say hey no. talk to sam like regularly throughout house arrest and throughout all of those months he said he never they never approached him they never gave him a plea deal and he even said to me though he was like i don't even think i would take one because he was like i don't think they'll i think sam genuinely doesn't feel he meant to harm customers so in that way in his mind he doesn't feel he's guilty even though i mean obviously with the evidence it's like obviously you committed crimes but um he he was like i don't think they're gonna give me anything reasonable and he was like so i wouldn't take anything under a few years on house arrest like that's how innocent he felt oh my god i know and i was like sam like i know that you probably didn't set out to hurt people but like come on dude like I, if i were you i would take 10 years in prison like it's not looking so good for you Wow. Like, yeah. did you follow um, Elizabeth Holmes trial at all? Um, I didn't follow it closely, but I'm aware of like the general contours and that she ended up getting like, what, 12 years or something? Yeah, I think it's I think it's 12 or 13 years. I, I, I want to say 13, but I could be wrong. I'm wrong something all like the time. That. Um, I mean, and, and listen, you know, to me, the amount of money, the that. OK, even though the dollar amount is wrong, it is is vastly less than Sam's or than yes. SBF. Um, 
Elizabeth Holmes went into it knowing it was a fraud, lied from day one to yeah. her investors. Yes. She consistently knew what she was doing wasn't working and, and misled tons of people and then intimidated people the entire time. So wow. the idea that and then never accepted responsibility. Yeah. The, the idea that she then turned around and got 13 years is insane. So the, so yeah. for for me, him thinking, you know, Sam, Sam thinking he's going to get, oh, I, you know, they're going to offer me 10 years, you know, or, or, or that he was going to get anything less, you know, than at least look, I, m my prediction is 20 years. The yeah. FBI agent I talked to said, um, what she said, she said 15. I have a buddy who does legal work. He says 15. Mm. I have another buddy that does legal work. He says, I, I, I agree. I think you're, he is probably looking at 20 mm. now. Those seem like very um, optimistic takes. I mean, just from some people I've talked to, I mean, Obviously, he's facing up to 115, but I, I just from some people I've talked to, a lot of the stuff that he did at trial is certainly not going to help him. Like, obviously, testifying and taking the stand at trial might not help him. I don't think Judge Kaplan is his biggest fan because even before trial started, Sam was continually pushing the boundaries of his bail conditions, contacted a former employee. He used a VPN. He leaked Caroline Ellison's diary, which the judge saw as witness intimidation. So he just was already off to a bad start with the judge. And obviously him testifying and potentially if the judge perceives him as potentially having perjured himself, you know, all these factors, I do wonder how they would play into the sentencing because um, before he had done it or if he had not done any of those things, then those um, uh, estimates might seem accurate. But now I'm a little bit concerned about his, you know, how this sort of behavior might affect the judge's perception of him. Mm. And he still has another trial. And he has a second trial scheduled for March, uh, beginning March 11th. And his sentencing is on March 28th. Is that also federal? It's not yes, federal. Yes. Oh, it is? It is federal. And yeah, so, and it's even, there. the one big, uh, the one big charge that he's facing in the second trial that everyone's excited about is the campaign finance charge about his political donations. So that, like, some people have said, if that charge wasn't in there, I think that they would definitely throw out the second the second trial, but some people have said, like, since there's the campaign finance charge in the second trial, they might not want to throw it out. It, I don't know if that's true or not. Seems like overkill, but it does. But it it, does. It, it's also a very I was going to say, typically what they do is they will, you know, they'll just say, look, we're not going to run two different trials. Like, let's just let's just do I think it's called a rule 11 where they combine the, the multiple your multiple indictments into you know one jurisdiction and one trial. But mm -hmm. and then it also depends on the U.S. attorney. If they'll, if they'll, if they're okay with that. Yeah. But because it is one is saying, Hey, this is a financial crime. And this one is campaign, you know, this is whatever, you know, campaign, campaign finance. Yeah. finance. I was going to say bribery. Um, but yeah, I think uh, there was a bit of the bribery. In yeah. I think that's interest. the problem. So yes. and what's so funny about that is that I've, I actually, because <laughs> I've actually bribed uh, a, um, oh, a politician. And that's fun. Yeah, yeah, well, that's yeah. exciting. Um, it, it was so funny about it too is that like when they it was in the newspaper and everything, and and then and this was after I was locked up, it this all came out. I mean, I was questioned about it prior to being locked up, but then when I was locked up, it came out. It's on the front page of the newspaper, and the camp, the politician that I bribed, 
was like, this guy's a liar. He's this. And then a year later, he gets indicted for another bribery charge, goes to trial, loses, gets three years in prison. Oh, my God. So, but mine, mine never happened because of statute of limitations. By the time they caught me, they couldn't indict him. Lucky. Lucky. Lucky him. Lucky not me. Him. Yeah. Okay. Not lucky. You. I was already locked up. Damn. So. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. Damn. You know, and, and listen, and mine was, well, no, mine was, mine was pretty blatant too, but it was nowhere. The dollar amount was nowhere near, um, you know, what, what um, SBF was, is, is uh, charged with. Well, there was also a set, so it wasn't even just U.S. politicians. There was another another charge for bribing chi the Chinese government because right, they had a hundred or they had a billion dollars in Chinese mm -hmm. bank accounts, and the government just froze all their money, a billion dollars. And they tried for over a year to do it the right way. They got lawyers involved and were trying to like get their get their hands on the money that they had in there, um, weren't able to do it. And then ultimately, they were they were given some wallet address and were like, if you send a hundred million or so into this wallet then they'll loosen up your funds which i'm gonna be honest like if i had a billion dollars that was trapped somewhere and i had to maybe some little i'm like hey with with sam there i'm like there's no moral or ethical judgment on me there no. i would have paid it to get a hold of a billion dollars well, first of all it, it's it's free money like it's not like like when you're dealing with that kind of money and you're just it, it's almost like he's the fed he's just making up numbers like oh let's print let's print you know a hundred billion dollars and you know and that's pretty much what he's doing. Let's just borrow this much from, you know, this here and we'll we'll use that. It's, it's all kind of just made up anyway. So, <laughs> um, okay, so he's he go, so found guilty, about to do another trial or about yes. to be uh, have to sit for another trial. Yeah. So Potential. his sentencing, I wonder if his sentencing will be pushed back. It's in March, yeah, right? Yeah, I wondered that as well because the first trial took about four weeks and I don't know how long the second trial would take. The first trial was seven charges. This one's five charges. And um, yeah, this it's the sentencing is scheduled for the 28th. So that only leaves 17 days in between the second trial and sentencing. So I'd assume that if they go through with the second trial, it seems like they would push it back, but I'm no lawyer. Okay, so well, he's got a, he's got a rude awakening when he goes to federal prison. Well, he's locked up right now anyway. True, so, true. But, he's at MDC. Yeah, I was going to say there's so uh you know, obviously there is no internet. You know, there's no like he's already got major problems, I'm sure. He's, is there any like sort of where you have some basic access to like a, a couple websites or is it just you don't get to touch a computer? Well, when no, he's he's not touching a computer. N not not locked up in that. Like right now, he's found guilty. So right now, I think he's in the. He might be in the BOP's custody. He doesn't move, by the way. Mm -hmm. Like he's still probably sitting in the same cell. And somebody just yeah. said, okay, he's no longer in the U.S. Marshals holdover. He's now in the BOP's custody. Oh. So and you get different privileges, but I doubt any of that's going to change for him. So. Okay. But when you're actually in a prison, you can you have access to a computer, but it's only for the purposes of downloading music oh. and what else? Uh, you know, being able to monitor your commissary account, uh, monitor how many true links, which are minutes right on your phone that you can use. You get three about roughly about 300 minutes um, a month. So that's about 10 minutes a day you can use. Uh -huh. You can only use the phone for 15 minutes anyway. And then you get to use it. It's Wait, the, so do you mean like to make phone calls? He can only use the phone for 15 minutes at a time. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And how many phone calls does someone get? Um, 
Well, I mean, depends on how long you talk. You can use up to 300 minutes. So okay, if you were to, right, right. right. So if he were to make, if you were to call four people a day for 15 minutes, he could maybe go five days wow. and then he'd just be out. You're not calling anyone. Wow. You can email people through the CoreLinks system, right? I, I think their side is called TrueLinks. Our, the out here, I think it's called CoreLinks. Uh -huh. So they can email you, but it's like they email you to the website. And then I have to out here, go to the website to read their email. Oh, So it's like, you know, it's like checking in. You're going to a separate website. They're not emailing you. You can get a notification. They'll say, hey, if you go to the CoreLinks website, there's an email. Right. And he, he can email me. And the emails take about 45 minutes to an hour mm -hmm. to get to go back and forth. Wow. Yeah. Is that because there's, is there someone monitoring every email back and forth? Is that what it is? So, you know, I can't imagine that everybody's is being monitored, but they do run it through some kind of a, um, you know, some kind of software to determine, you know, like if you're, you know, like if you're saying the word terrorist or bomb or right. gun right. or escape or something. Right. right. And they take stuff like that very seriously. I mean, there was a guy in prison who got like three years. He's at a low. And so he, he's at the low, calls his dad, and his family owned a construction, a large construction company, which is how he got in trouble. Mm -hmm. And he got like whatever it was, three or four years. I forget exactly what it was. But he calls his dad after a couple of days, says, hey, I'm here. And they were like, he was like, oh, okay, how you doing? You doing okay? Yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah. He said, how you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. And the guy said, he said, uh, he said, hey, he said, how big is the rec yard out there? Oh, it's pretty big. He said, yeah. He said, because I can, he, I was thinking about taking the the helicopter over there. He's like, I can land in the helicopter, pick you up. We can go out for lunch. Like he's joking uh -huh. around, right? right? And they're laughing about it. The guy by, within a few hours, he was locked up, thrown into the the shoe and transferred to a, to like a, a, a medium or a pin. Oh. And stayed there the whole time. And even oh, though it was clear that it was a joke. Yeah. It's like going on a, on a plane and joking about a bomb. Oh God. You don't do it. it's, it's not funny. There's no joking. I get you think it's oh. fun. It's not, you know what I'm saying? And that's just how they feel. And that's it. So don't even yeah. play. Oof. So yeah, it's, it's serious. Um, so, you know, so they monitor your stuff and also it, that costs money. Everything across the board costs money, but it, it's not going to bother him because he's always going to have people putting money on his books, but you can also only put so much money on someone's books. Oh, so let's say I want to go to commissary. I can only borrow and it or buy. And it depends on which which institution you go to. They're all different. So people that are watching this, some guys will be like, that's not true. You can spend four hundred and twenty dollars a month. You know, OK, everyone's different. So it's like you could spend, let's say, seventy five dollars a week. Mm -hmm. So you can go to commissary once a week. You mm -hmm. can spend, let's say, seventy five. It might be a hundred dollars, you know. 75 or 85 or whatever the commissary allows you to spend. But in within the month, you can only spend up to, let's say, 375 or 410, whatever it comes to. And that's it. So if you're thinking, oh, well, I can buy lots of stuff and I can. No, you can't. If you're thinking, oh, I can talk on the phone all day long. No, you can't. And that 15 minute phone call, by the way, when you after you make it and you hang up, you don't get to make another call for an hour. Oh, wow. Right? Which really gives you just enough time to get back in line. Oh, God. <laughs> you got to wait. Oh my God. Where people make calls, you're back in line, you make a few phone calls or you make up your phone call, you might as well start over again. And right there. Oh, it's, it's, listen, it's, it's rough. I mean, and, and there's no, even the, even the email, there's no spell check. 
Yeah. <laughs> there's, no, there's no, you know, I'm a horrendous speller. It's yeah. horrible. So, oh, you know, I need spell check. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else? Ooh, yeah, that's he's interesting. Gotta, He's going to most likely what he will do. He's never been talked to the way he's being talked to right now. Do you mean Again. by other inmates or do you mean by the guards? Oh, no, they're just the staff, the guard. Okay. The guards are talking to you like, but they might, some of them will te tr probably treat him kind of like a celebrity. Mm -hmm. you know, they'll probably be a little bit polite, but other ones will just treat him like he's a dog. Um, some inmates will be kind of, you know, they'll, they'll feel bad for him. And some of them are probably looking up to him for all the wrong reasons. Um, I would say, you know, once he's moved, so if you get over 20 years and that's remaining, so let's say if you get 20 years, you only immediately, they give you good time. So he'll have to serve 17 years on a 20 year sentence. Right. Oh, so they would allow him to go to a low security prison. Oh. Now, if he gets, let's say he gets 30 years. They'll calculate gain time, but that gain time means he's going to do probably 26 years and he's going to go to a medium security prison and he's not going to enjoy a medium security prison. It, it, they're, they're, it's like a real prison. So what like, would the difference be? I mean, the, the basic difference for someone who doesn't know too much about the different sorts of prisons. Um, it looks like a real prison. Like there's two tiers, you know, when you walk into the, the unit and there's that, you know, that, that, um, whatever you want, that balcony thing that goes all the way around. And, you know, you have a two man cell. Some of them are three man cells. Oh. And by the way, most of these are cells that were designed for one person. Oh, and so then halfway through construction in, in Coleman, the facility I was in, they decided, Oh, you know what? Two man. By the time they were finished with, with it, they started making three man cells. Oh my God. You got three men in a cell designed for one. It's horrible. You're in, wow. in the bunk bed. Like it's a three man bunk bed. It's like you're sleeping in a, in a, in a submarine. Oh my God. Oh. Uh, and there's a door, you know, they close the door, bam, they feed you. They can feed you through the door. There's a toilet and a sink. So you're going to the bathroom in front of other guys. There's no, there's no divider. Oh, Oh, it's horrible. It's horrible. Oh God. Do you have any privacy? How about the showers? Any privacy? You have a little bit of, you have a little door you can close. Like there, there's a little door, you know, you can see like probably from your knees down and, and probably from your, from your shoulders up. Oh. Um, uh, it, oh. it, and that, that's at the medium and the medium's a much tougher place. That's where you have guys that they do home invasions. These are guys that do, these are serious guys. They've done bank robberies. They've kidnapped people. They're, they're big time drug dealers. They've harmed people. Like there are people there oh. that have life sentences, you know, oh. they've murdered people. They're, your more violent cr criminals are not going to probably get to a low. Some of them do, okay. you yeah. know? So if you got 30 years and you've done 10 years in a pen and 10 years in a medium, and you've got 10 more years left or so, you'll probably go to a low as long as you haven't had been any problems. You know, guys get stabbed in the rec yard. Uh, guys oh. get hit with locks. Guys, there's fights. Like I've never seen so many fights. Uh, but if you're respectful and you don't run up bills. You don't borrow from anybody. You're respectful to everybody. And you keep your head down. You get a job. He probably could not have any problems. Now, the problem with him is everybody knows he's he's filthy. They're, they're still looking at him like he's filthy rich. Yeah. Yeah. Most likely what happens is somebody approaches him and says, look, you know, if you start putting money on my books, 
you know, me and one or two other guys books, whatever. And it won't be a lot. It'd be a hundred bucks or something, hundred bucks, 200 bucks. But of course it's, it's Sam Bankman Freed. So probably $300, let's say 200, $300 a month on one or two guys books and nobody will ever bother him. Oh, you know, that seems like a fair trade. It does seem fair. Cause I mean, he's like a little, he's like the nerdiest guy I've ever I, met. He's not intimidating or, um, he's, he's not aggressive or whatever. So I'm just like, I, I don't you. know how he's going to do in, in prison in a medium or I don't know what, what's above a medium a pen is a pen. pen. Yeah. Mm, so, oh, he can't go to a pen. He okay. can't go to a pen. Okay. It would be devastating for him to go to. A, listen, even a medium, like he, he luckily he, he probably, I'm sure he doesn't realize this. But going to being locked up before he goes to a prison, he's right now getting a lot of schooling on how to behave. Mm, okay. You know, what to talk about, what not to talk about. They'll actually, a lot of guys will respect him because, you know, they'll think he's, you know, it's a scam. And wow, what an amazing scam. You're, you're so smart. You're huge. They'll, they'll have super respect for him in that way. And then some guys will respect him too because he went to trial. He didn't plead guilty. He didn't go in and he didn't testify against people. He didn't guys will respect that. Mm. But for the most part, how could I put this on a scale from one to 10 of masculinity out here in the real world, I'm probably a four or five. <laughs> I'm not the most masculine guy, five uh -huh. foot six. Mm -hmm. I I'm, I don't play sports. I don't hunt and fish. I couldn't talk to you about sports. I don't, you know, that's just not, I'm not that guy, right? In prison, I'm a one, maybe. That's if I throw some, some bass in my voice. I'm like, what's up, man? What's up? How you doing? Oh, like, I'm, I've, you know, it's, it's like, I, I'm, and I'm still a one. I'm a little tiny. I'm a soft white guy. Yeah. He's not going to do it. Like guys I are going like to be coming Sam up. Sam is a one in the real world. I know. So. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> It's, it's bad. Like he's gonna, there are going to be guys asking him, Hey man, come, let me talk to you in my cell. Now, luckily I was, you know, I, I already understood like guys would say, Hey man, let, let me talk to you in my cell for, for a minute. I, I, I immediately said, why? Well, I just want to talk to you real quick. Why? Let's talk out here. Or oh, well, you think something's going to happen? If I don't go in your cell, I don't have to find out, bro. What's up? What do you need? Oh, what are we doing? And then they were like, they realize, ah, he's a little more savvy. He's like, I can't get right. away. No, I can't. Yeah. And I'm not saying that he's going to, I'm not saying it would be. I don't think would, Sam is very savvy and I don't think he like would talk back to people in a, in a way that would be maybe respectable. I feel like he's quite timid. And even like when I, like I, I posted something that got him in trouble about the political donations. And I was even like, Sam, are you mad at what I did? And he like, can't even tell me that he's upset at me. He was, he was just like, it's okay. Like, I just don't, I've never seen him get sort of aggressive or anything like that. So I'm just like, no, he's not going to do so well. Most likely what he'll do is he'll teach like GED or mm. he'll teach a crypto course or something. And, and although that's comical, I, my charges bank fraud and it's all related to real estate fraud. I taught the real estate, uh, the real estate wow. um, course in prison for 10 years wow. in, the, in the medium and the camp. So do you actually get money that life. you get to keep if you're, if you do one of these jobs or is it more just like a hobby? Does it go towards your time, your good time or whatever? What is so when, when I did that, okay, so if you teach, let's say, GED, you actually get paid. And now it depends on what which grade you are. They have like a grade one, two, and three. If you're grade one, you make probably 120, 130 bucks a month. If oh. you're grade two, you make about 70. If you're grade three, you make about $20. Wow. And I think I was a grade 
one and eventually I was a grade two, but only for like a month or so. Wow. And then as far as the, the real estate course was concerned, which he could, he could teach something like a, a, a business course, even though clearly he's not good at it, um, <laughs> a business course or a crypto course that you're doing for free, but it's called, it's programming, right? Like if you take the course, you're programming, or if you're teaching it, you're programming. And now wasn't like this when I was there, but now they actually give you time off of your sentence. So he can earn time off his sentence for that sort of thing, which, that's so good. that's why I'm he'll desperately be doing that. That's good. I hope he does that. He, he will. L listen, his biggest problem is he has the same basic problem. Well, I guess I was, had a better mindset, but still I had a horrible mindset when I went in, which was, you know, initially, you know, for me, it was, it was arrogance and just narcissism. And I was just a complete jerk and thought I was so smart and so clever. And I, even though I realized what I'd done was wrong, I didn't want to admit that it hurt anybody or what was a big deal. I just kind of shrugged it off and you're making a bigger deal about this than it really is. And, and then once you get in there and you start, if you really start thinking about it and you start realizing, you know, it took, takes a cup, took me a couple of years to start to, start to realize like, oh, I should be here. This is where I'm supposed to be. Like they didn't make a mistake. Like I don't think they should have given me that much time. Yeah. But I definitely need to be should have come here. Like I I have some issues. Like mm. and so I my fear with him is that you know he's gone to trial. And this happens with a lot of guys that go to trial that are clearly guilty. They go to trial, they go to prison, they complain the whole time they're there, they get out and they still feel like they shouldn't have gone to prison. Yeah. And then they typically get in trouble again or they're just miserable. Yeah. And that seems like, and I don't know him, but like you have to own up to, I, I, I do, fucked up. Yeah. Like, I do feel like he really doesn't think he fucked up. I mean, he's definitely aware that what he's done has hurt a lot of people and he's expressed like remorse over the fact that people were hurt. But I feel like he still thinks like, but I, it was mostly bad luck. If C's, if like, you know, that CZ of Binance didn't do this, like then none of this would have happened. Like, I feel like he, he, he feels remorse for the, or he feels pain for the people he hurt, but I don't think he really thinks he did something wrong. Um, I mean, when he was at trial and he, he, he took the stand, he never, did he ever admit like this was a major mistake? I, he, did he ever say he thought he, like he, he never said like, Hey, I, I like I'm, I don't even know how to say it. like it's fraud like you're you're lying about things. Right. Yeah, he he never he never really said that. I mean, he expressed that he felt sorry that he ended up harming customers. I think that's like the closest he went to that. But he basically stuck to the argument. I mean, obviously this gets into kind of the weeds of finance and crypto exchanges. But he was like, well, FTX International had a margin trading program. We Alameda was just another customer of FTX. So we I thought that I was doing everything by the books. Basically, like he basically is still arguing that he thought that he was doing something that was fine. But um, but he but, really but the the uh, the girlfriend and the uh, the other people that were involved in the in the company testified that he clearly knew this was not correct. There wasn't like a smoking gun of a message where they explicitly were like, "Let's use customer funds," but they basically called it. FTX borrows us borrowing money from FTX, which in Sam's mind, he's now sort of justifies and sticks to the argument that this, this was margin trading. We were borrowing, but other people borrowed money on FTX because they were margin trading. But obviously, like, it doesn't it doesn't make sense with the numbers. It doesn't check out like but I, he's I don't think he's admitted that yet. It um, doesn't make sense when your customers didn't agree to it. 
Exactly, exactly. So he's in a tough spot. I mean, found guilty on all counts within four hours of um, the jury deliberating. So, so you you understand that if he goes to trial on the second, tri with the second trial, and he loses, which he'll positive he'll lose. Now, when he gets sentenced, he's now in category uh, category one because he's now a convicted felon. It doesn't even matter, by the way, that he wasn't a convicted felon at the time. Does it? No, you're, you're a convicted felon being – so now he's a convicted felon. So he's already got a, a problem. The second problem he has is that the judge can can decide, I'm going to run these – You know, he can say consecutive. Right. He can say concurrent. He could even do a mix. Mm -hmm. You know, I've known guys that have split it. Like a guy got four years, and then he got another sentence that was supposed to be four years, and he split it, so the guy ended up with six years. But, you know, the, the judge could say, OK, well, I'm going to run them both at the same time. And it still ends up being whatever the maximum sentence is, which is 20. Or he could just stack them and oh. say, yeah, you got 20 for this, assuming he gets 20. You get 20 for this and you're getting five for this. Oof. That was 25. That's yeah. Oh, God. That's rough. I mean, I don't eventually know. go to a, he, he will eventually at some point, assuming he gets 20 years, let's say he, he'll after 10 years, you can go to a camp. So eventually he would be able to go to a camp. God, he doesn't seem to be a, a rule follower. I was a, I was a very good rule follower when I was mm -hmm. locked up. Mm -hmm. I really was just terrified. So mm -hmm. he, he might be able to get a cell phone. Like, if he, you know, he could probably listen if he's, if he works it and he has, you have a little bit of money and people that are willing to kind of move things around for you. I, I don't know. I can't imagine that you, he could tell his mom, mom, I need you to put money on this guy's books. His mom would be like, nah, you're going to get me thrown up, thrown in prison. Yeah. Like who's, who's going to help him with those things? Yeah. It's easy. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. I don't know if he could tell his parents that that would be, that would be bad. Yeah. Think about it. What is, think about his, his they're, aren't they like ethics professors or something? I mean, they are. They're, they're, they're law professors. Yeah. And his mom wrote about ethics. Putting something on someone's books. <laughs> oh, you can't tell your mom. She's not going to help you out. Oh God. Oh, He's going to have some problems. And, and then does he still have like friends and buddies or. That's the thing. I mean, he said that his closest friends were the people he worked with and his closest, closest friends were the, the star witnesses. So I don't think they're so close anymore. Um, like I think Sam and I got close, but I don't know whether or not he's willing to talk to me. I like, I, I, kind of consider him a friend but i obviously think he's guilty so i haven't necessarily been like vouching for his innocence out here so i'm not i don't know if he'll want to talk to me or not but um i don't know he didn't have very like when i was visiting him throughout house arrest he said he didn't really have any consistent visitors other than michael lewis who is the author of the his the book about him going infinite um outside of that i mean maybe he had other friends but they just weren't talking to him that in that period because of legal reasons so i'm not really sure maybe he has a couple of other friends but he didn't necessarily name anyone to me he's got problems oh god um i'd go visit him if he lets me yeah have you you haven't reached out to him during the trial I sent him one letter in September, but um, his PR guy said that he isn't receiving letters. Like another journalist I spoke to said that she sent him a letter too, and apparently he's not receiving them, uh, allegedly. I don't know if that's true. Yeah, but he hasn't contacted He hasn't contacted me. I mean, when you're waiting your sentencing, are you allowed to like be talking to people normally? Yeah, or? absolutely. Hmm. 
especially if someone's if they're you're going to get your mail like they'll mail you letters to the mail department and then they call mail you know once once a day they the guard comes in he's mail call mail call and he's you know he'll yell out everybody's name hey boom so and so cox here you know and then so and so and so and so and then cox you got another letter so he'll definitely well, someone on his team told me I can't talk to him, but I don't know yeah. if that's more because they're worried about the legal reasons or. <laughs> yeah, that sounds more like it. He didn't want to say, well, we'll tell him that you, you're not allowed. You're not getting letters. You're not allowed to letters. Right. Um, right. Uh, um, what else? He. Okay. And. This is interesting to hear about. Yeah. He's, 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 uh, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. Uh, Do you think he'll actually get beat up or is actual like prison rape? Is that a real fear? Um, in federal prison, I think if it was a pen, it's possible. I mean, that's possible. Really, really be honest, it's probably possible in a medium too. Uh, if you're smart, then you don't get yourself in that situation. Yeah. Let me put it like this, and I, this sounds cruel, but if you get beat up or stabbed in prison, you probably had it coming. So, you know, it, it's pretty easy. Okay. You be respectful to everyone. You don't gamble. You do not run up bills and you know, you, you really should be okay. Like it's it, like gambling. That's a problem. That's not that good. will get you in a lot of trouble. And, and saying these little snide comments that he said, you know, uh, to people like, you know, you get comfortable in there and you, you make a comment to somebody. Well, there's a lot of these guys are bipolar. You, you don't know what's going to set them off. You might say something to them, but they walk off and, 45 minutes later, they've built it up in their mind. Next thing you know, they come in your cell and they just attack you. Oh, that is right. terrifying. Right. So, and as far as rape is concerned, so it's typically what would happen. First of all, there's, there's homosexuals in prison. Yeah. So that's not really, it's not like it's a necessity, right? Like it's got, okay. like they'll get themselves, they'll find a, a gay guy that they just, stick with and they you know they seduce him or they pay him you know they'll they'll give him commentary whatever uh there are probably some guys that they and they have a name for them right like they're called like booty bandits oh my god it's horrible (laughs) um and those guys enjoy pressuring someone so they'll kind of intimidate you to a to the point then that's what they'll do they'll intimidate someone and that's probably remember i told you the guy that told me like hey why don't you come in my cell for a second that's probably what was going to happen because there were two guys that were friends of his that were standing beside his cell. So I know when I walked in there, they were going to walk in and close the door. And now I'm in a cell with three guys. Oh God. Right. And so, you know, at that point they, they start to, they, you know, they get close to you. Maybe they pull out a, a knife. They tell you, you, you want to make it out of here and they pressure you. They scare you. To the oh point my God. Where, yeah. That's terrifying. That, that oh. seems like, that's possible. Once again, it's probably a medium. Okay. My thought process is that the judge is going to say he's young. He's a jerk, but you can't, you don't, you don't, I can't give him more time because he's a jerk. He is young. He's stupid. He made some mistakes. He's arrogant. I'm going to give him 20 years. We'll see what happens with the politician one. Maybe the politician one, they give him five years, maybe he gets 25 years, but he's been locked up for a while. He may or may not go to a medium for a year. He'll keep his head down. He'll teach GED. Maybe he works in the kitchen. You know, he'll be at a low and he won't have really any problems at the low. They'll think he's, yeah, they'll be super excited to have him at the low. 
Okay, that's good for him. He'll be a celebrity. Exciting. So what do, you, what do people do to pass the time? Like, what kind of entertain? like, I don't know. Do you watch movies? Do you, I don't know what people do in prison. Yeah, they have, so they have multiple um, TVs because the TVs are like babysitters, you know? Like, they can threaten to take them away from you and everybody's like, no! Because you, know, you don't have, like, it's not like in California, like, you. I think in California, like, some prisons, like, you can have your own little TV in your cell. It's not yeah. like that. You know, these are, there's a big, big TV room and they'll have like three or four TVs and everybody has earphones. And then there's a couple smaller TV rooms and they have them broken up. Like the black guys get like two or three TVs because the, the majority of these guys, probably 60, 70% are black guys in a low, in a medium, it's more like 80%. So then you have the, the, uh, the Spanish guys have their own TV and then the white guys have their own TV. Mm. And okay. so, you know. And as much as they love the, the, you know, prisons love to say, you know, they do everything in their power to make sure that things are, um, desegregate, uh, de uh, you know, there's no segregation, right? Right. Um, desegregated. Uh, mm -hmm. they don't because the, the inmates do it themselves. There's nothing they can do. Yeah. Um, and, is Sam going to have to join a gang? No. Okay. <laughs> no. My, my <laughs> wife, man. my wife, my wife here, she just snickered. <laughs> but that man is not going to fit in in any gang. No, you don't want him in the gang. Yeah, no one is going to want him in the gang. Yeah. You don't want to. You don't. What's that saying? I don't want to be a member of any club that would have me as a member. Yes, they they yes. don't. They don't want him as a member. Yes, so, yeah. <laughs> what's he going to do? Maybe he could do their books. So he could do their books. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 probably you know unless he gets something unless I'm just completely wrong and he gets seventy five years, in which case. God, I don't. I can't imagine he could go. They, I, I can't imagine they could justify sending him to a to a pen. Yeah. But even then, they'd put him in protective custody because the the listen. It doesn't look good to, for the warden to allow someone to get hurt, especially someone that high profile. Yeah, the warden would be like, I can't. This guy's going to get killed on right. my watch. I, I think what they do to, to pass time is they they sometimes they have a movie room. Where you can go and you can basically sign up to get DVDs on DVDs. Remember DVDs? Um, I don't know. They probably do still have DVDs there. Anyway, and you you can watch movies. You know, you get to watch like one movie, maybe maybe two movies a week if you schedule it right. You can walk the rec yard. You can work out. You can join a softball game. You can play. You know, all these things that Sam's not going to do. Yeah, that man does not work out. He barely likes leaving. That he doesn't even like going outside. Uh, I Which might be good for him in jail. It might be. Maybe uh, he can, you know, he see, he's going to have so many, he's going to be going through legal proceedings for forever. Uh, I, I mean, if he's, if he's smart, he would get a prison job of some kind and he would start doing people's legal work or something to pass the time. And it's a way to make money uh, for inmates. Like some inmates just aren't going to do their legal work, but Sam's a, uh, clearly a sharp guy. He would, he would, It'd take him a couple of years to really know how to file uh, the documents and write up legal work. And what he'd do is he would just crush multiple people's chances of getting any relief at all while he destroys their cases. But he'd learn a lot. Now, granted, you have to do all your time now because he didn't really know what he's doing, but he could learn on your case. You probably didn't have a chance anyway. So and then he'd charge some of these guys charge. Some guys will charge a couple hundred bucks. Some guys will charge thirty five hundred dollars, you know. Uh -huh. Some guys, like I, I know guys that charge 
they'll charge three, four thousand dollars in prison. That's insane. Yeah. They're also really big bucks. Well, it passes the time. Yeah. You know, I what I did was I I wrote guys' stories. Yeah, that's cool. So, you know, because they were just surrounded by these great stories. So that that really helped me, you know, with my time. And He'll figure if he doesn't figure that out. Well, first of all, he'll read for two. The first couple of years, he'll probably read. He'll probably just like read books. He, he hates books, but Are you serious. <laughs> yeah. But after a year or two, and once it sinks in, he's going to be there a while. Because it probably has it, it. It's probably slowly sinking in now. Yeah. He's still thinking. Well. I'm going to get a couple years and I've already done this much time. And if I do this and I would do that and in his mind, he's probably still thinking I can be out of here in a few years. Yeah, probably. Hey, you know, I always have these guys in the comment section when they talk about the, all the money that he donated to politicians, mm-hmm. they're always saying, you know, Oh, well he donated so much money to politicians. He's not going to get any time, but the truth I is get a lot of comments like that. No. They've they they all took off the moment he got indicted. The moment he it looked bad for him, totally stopped answering his calls. Totally. If anything, I feel like wouldn't that hurt him? I feel like now people like these politicians need to show that they're not corrupt, and like, I feel like if anything, it's going to hurt him. Right, but you know, you grow up and you think you know how things work, and then you get into, you know, let, let's for, like for me with lending. Um. You know, you once you get into the system, you start realizing like, oh, wow, like this doesn't work at all. Like you th- like people think it works. like in some ways it's extremely laxed. Yeah. And in other ways, it's like there's no way around this. Yeah. You know, some people think it's almost like a, a handshake. And, you know, I know a guy that knows a guy, but that's not what it is, you know, and, and people would say, you know, oh, well, you know, you want to walk in like in a nice suit and this and that. I don't care what I don't. I don't care if the person walks in in a, in a muumuu and slippers and doesn't look like they've taken a shower in a week. I don't care. Do you have good credit and W-2s and pay stubs? Do you make enough money for the loan? Do you have a down payment? Oh, I'm getting you a loan. Yeah. I don't care if you if you're I don't care if you have face tattoos. <laughs> so you know there's just and I think that's probably what happened. He probably donated a bunch of money. He was hoping to get some favorable um uh, some f- favorable what policies and laws changed that was going to help him continue his scam. It didn't. And then he thought, well, then he probably thought, well, it'll still help me with my case. And then his lawyers got involved and his lawyers are like, oh, Sam, what are you doing? It's not good. None of that's going to work. Yeah. But he probably thought it would. So. Oh, God. He's not in a good position right now. So. Um. What, so my other question is, so what are you doing on your, your channel? I mean, for the past month, I went to every single day of his trial. I was covering it. It's almost bittersweet because I'm like, oh God, this was my whole life. It was almost my whole life for like a year because I don't actually like fully live anywhere. So I just do little sublets. And when I was interviewing Sam, I moved over to San Francisco so that I could continue interviewing him over his house arrest. Um, and then I'm in New York for the trial. And now I'm like, oh, it's kind of a big existential moment where I'm like, I don't know what to do from here. Because <laughs> I didn't I didn't set out uh, with my YouTube channel to do anything specific. And I've, I've cared about Celsius because I had money in it. I cared about FTX and Sam since I was talking to him. But um, yeah, now I'm a little bit, um, I need to rethink everything now. <laughs> we'll, well see. What about the next trial? 
I do. I, I'm planning on covering the next trial in March. We'll see if it happens. I'll definitely attend his little sentencing hearing. Um, but I don't know. I feel like more people want me to like do more crypto fraud related things and I'm open to it. But um, yeah, it's only been like a couple weeks out of trial. So I'm still sort of thinking through what to do. If you have ideas, you can feel free to throw Well, them at I me. mean, you know, the crypto thing, if that seemed to be your niche, you know, with the channel, if that's what you think it is, then what about just interviewing other guys? Like, I mean, let's face it, you could interview, you know, someone like it. Maybe I don't know how I don't know if CoffeeZilla is going to how much he's going to do, but he'd do at least one interview. So, you know, you do a, a um, an interview with him. You do you know, there's there's many, many scams, you know, related to crypto that you could go, you know, you could go through there's and not only scams, like I, I talked to a cyber, I've talked to actually a couple of cyber guys in the last couple of weeks. And they, and it was all related to, it was related to crypto parts of it. it was related to crypto scams, but it was the, the North Koreans state run, you know, divisions in North Korea where they where they actually stole how much did they steal I'm going to say 300 million in uh bitcoin mm. now so, yeah. they didn't they, keep in mind you know it, because that you that you can only get it out through an exchange they were shifting it around and it's being followed obviously it's being tracked the problem was they ended up trying to launder it through a legitimate um a, a legitimate um oh god what i just said it it was a uh, um what how do you get the money out again it's exchange an exchange what guy just went blank so <laughs> it, so they went to an, a legitimate exchange you know cuz some are some are questionable this uh -huh. is all, i only know this cuz this is what the guy told me so uh -huh. he said for some reason they dumped almost all of it into a legitimate one and he was like and i don't know why they did that Yeah. Because it, what happened was it got dumped there. And before they could shift it to multiple bank accounts, they were contacted by the the investigators that were on it. And these are private investigators. These aren't even the this isn't even like the FBI or the government. And they were contacted by them and said, look, this is what's going on. This is the problem. This is what's happening. Free. We're asking you to please freeze the account. They froze it immediately. Wow. But these guys only made 40 million dollars. Now, 40 million is a lot of money. Mm hmm. But it, it was North Korea, and this was this is something that this is part of you know they they they, they love to throw the whole this is it's helping to fund their nuclear program. You don't know where that money's going. It's going into the coffer. Whatever. <laughs> the point is that was a super like that's something that that's also um well it's Bitcoin, but it's it's also um, no yeah you know, that's interesting. Yeah, and there's yeah, lots I need to look of into them more like stories that. like this. I need there's to find a new stories like that. New fraudster to hang out with. <laughs> well, and you've already got forty thousand subscribers. Yeah, it's been fun. So you already have kind of an audience. Like you could, you it's could nice. definitely do that. And then think about it. You could turn that into what's the next one that goes under? Maybe you go to that trial. Maybe you. Yeah. 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 To think about. And I need to do something longer form with all my Sam interviews because I didn't post many of them, and I didn't want to get uh, subpoenaed by the DOJ. <laughs> So yeah, that's eventually I need to figure good. out what to do with all of that too. So I have a lot of thinking to do, but it was a been, fun little ride. That could have been cool if you got subpoenaed. I would be terrified. And I'm like too poor to- You didn't do anything wrong. I know, but it's just terrifying. And I, I also was like, would I have to testify against Sam? And that would be, that'd be great. <laughs> that's fucking terrifying. Maybe I, it would have been fun. 
I mean, yeah, I think the difference is if, if like if I was in your position, I'd never been through the system and dealt with with, you know, the FBI and Secret Service and the U.S. attorneys and stuff. I would be terrified. But being through the system like now, I'd be like, yeah, of course, that'd be great. Like, to me, I'd be like, think about the publicity I'm going to get. That's another hundred thousand subscribers. They're not gonna, I, you haven't done anything wrong. I, you went and interviewed him. What did you do? <laughs> this is true. This is true. Maybe next time. Maybe I can get subpoenaed. Yeah. <laughs> I hope not. To the, if the DOJ is watching this, I hope I don't get subpoenaed. I don't want to get cool. subpoenaed. Listen, I've had guys that have read my articles that I've written on on uh, on guys. I've had FBI agents call me and say, hey, look, I read this article. Here's what's going on. Did the guy ever say this? Do you know this? Do you know that? I'm like, yeah, I know this. Call this guy. Talk to this guy, you know? Oh, my God. Like, and then that ends up being more and more content for your channel. That's fun. That's yeah. fun. Maybe I did it the wrong way. <laughs> well, I mean, you're you're on, you're definitely on, on the right path now. It's been fun. It's been a fun little journey. Very unexpected. Well, can you think of anything else? What, what, tell me, is there anything else I didn't cover that we didn't talk about? Um, I mean, I'm sure Tyler will tell me. My booking agent yeah, will be sure like, you, did, you. you didn't mention this. You didn't <laughs> mention that. Yeah, what did Tyler put it? He put a bunch of stuff in the email, but I didn't look at it, it too did. closely. Let's see. I, I haven't pulled it I up. read the whole thing, but he also asked me to ask stuff that I have no idea about. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's like the whole thing is over now. So it's like, I guess it's all sort of out there. I can't believe that he talked, like he went on like his little media campaign after he was, you know, extradited back to the U.S. and was on house arrest and he's going on all these shows. And what are you thinking? You shut up. And I right. think he's, I feel like I wouldn't be surprised if he does the same thing all over again. Like once he's able to start talking to people. His lawyers had to go nuts. I know. I Because in one of my interviews, I was asking him what his lawyers thought about it. And he was just like, I told my lawyers to go fuck themselves. They don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> so he just he does think he's the smartest guy in the room. And he thinks everyone else doesn't really know what they're doing. Well, that's uh, they're gonna they're gonna teach him. They're gonna teach him a lesson. And what's even worse is that going to prison with that attitude is just gonna make it that much worse. Like nobody wants to hear you complain. Nobody wants to hear you say I'm innocent. I shouldn't be here. Nobody wants to hear that. Yeah. You know, and that's not gonna do you any good. Like your best bet is to go to prison, realize you should be there, and work on just the person you are, and try and be a decent person, and pass your time, and get out, and try and turn it into something. Yeah, you know? I hope he does. I remember you told me he sees something like 10 to 20 years in prison as the same as life in prison. And I'm like, that's not, not the same. Not. Yeah. yeah. First of all, if he programs, he could be out in about 14 years. Mm, what do you mean? But, programs like. So as soon as you, remember, I said, as soon as you go in, they calculate your good time. So if he gets 20 years, he's looking at 17 years. Okay. Right off the rip. You just went from 20 to 17. That's if your good behavior, you have to be a real screw up to lose good time. Okay. And even then, the way that you lose it is like, they'll take away 10 days, 20 days. Like mm -hmm. you, if you stab somebody, you might get, you know, 54 days taken away. Like it, you, it's, it's difficult. You won't stab anyone. <laughs> no, no. Um, but so let's assume he's going to be a decent you know, person, he may get, try and get a cell phone or something, you know, but even then it's 50, it's, it's, it's the max I think they can give you is take away is like 50 days or something. Mm -hmm. Okay. So assuming mm -hmm. he's good with the 17 years, so you got 17 years. If he programs, he can get up to, I forget how many days it's like, it ends up being, 
it's a chunk of time. I, I don't want to say 15 days a month. It's like 12 days a month or something. So if he programs, which means every quarter he takes at least one program or he teaches a class. And these mm -hmm. are called ACE courses that are called adult continuing education courses. Mm -hmm. So if he teaches one or takes one, he gets programming. You also get programming if you just have a job. Mm, so okay. if you and you it, you can get a job doing anything you could sweep up the compound you can work in the kitchen washing dishes you can you know because let's face it there's there's nothing on the compound that is going to um work it's not there's no jobs for someone like him so maybe he can teach ged or, or do something silly like work in the rec yard passing out equipment but regardless you get, get you get time off so but the maximum you can get is something like 12 days or 11 days a month, something along those lines. Mm. So it ends up being with good time and programming, 20 years ends up being 14 years. Mm. You can also get a year off for the drug program. So if he takes a drug program and says, I have an issue with drugs, if he's smart when he does what's called his pre-sentence report. So yeah. before he goes to sentencing, the, um, they're, the, the Department of – sorry – the U.S. Attorney's Office? No, the DO, DOJ. The DOJ is going to send a probation officer to interview him. They're mm -hmm. going to interview him. And one of the things they're going to ask about is, you know, his family, his upbringing, all that. One of the things they're going to ask him about is, do you, do you have a drug problem? Have you ever had problems with drugs? Mm -hmm. He needs to say yes, no matter what. Oh, of course I do. I've I'm hooked on this. I'm this. I'm taking this. I'm taking that because then they'll then they will recommend to the judge that he gets that he should take the what's called the RDAP program, the residential drug program or residential drug program, right? Yeah, residential drug program. So so he he'll they'll say you should take he should take that. Um but if you pass it, it's a nine-month program. And if you pass it, you get a year off. Oh, that's good. So now he's down to 13 years. He can get up to – you can actually get up to like a year or two now, but no halfway – in a halfway house. Oh. But you, there's no way he's getting two years in a halfway house because they say like you're, you can. The problem is he can't because halfway houses are so full. But oh. let, let's say he gets a year off. So now he's down to like 12 years. He's already done six months in jail, let's say. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to put him on a bus, maybe a plane. They're going to fly him. Maybe they'll put him someplace local, um, probably so that he can be close to his lawyers and his family. They could also get be upset with him and they could fly him all the way to Miami and he'll be in Miami. Like they could be they could get upset with him and say, oh, you know what? We're going to fly you out to, you know, Texas. Mm -hmm. But either way, it's 12 years. And right now, I can tell you right now, 12 years is an eternity to him. Yes. But he's at the beginning, yeah. you know, and in two or three years, you you lower your expectations of life. And that sounds horrible, but it's really not. It's not horrible. It's it's, you know, he'll after two or three years and his expectations of life have been lowered on what he wants out of life, he will find comfort in having a good conversation, a good book, talking to your mom on the phone, having, having a, you know, a, a, they've, they've got fried chicken tonight. I love fried chicken. You know, like they're, even though the, for, for the most part, the, whor the food's not great, but periodically he's vegan. He's vegan. So okay. he's going to struggle. <laughs> that's going to, that's going to be out. It's not going to um, go well. That's, that's going to be over. No, that you can have, you can be vegan.
he's probably going to realize like that's yeah, I'm just I don't know. Off. Apparently, he spent the first few months in jail only eating bread and water, and he lost a lot of weight. He used to be a little bit tubby, and he he was really uh, he looked almost gaunt during trial. So maybe he'll stick with it. Maybe. He'll but be I mean, I, I think after a few years, he'll realize I can do this. Like, you that's know, what most people feel after a few years of prison, or do some people just never come to terms with it? I, I mean, obviously, there's some people that never come to terms. With it. I, I knew guys that, and honestly. I knew a guy named Jason Weeks. Jason Weeks, if you said, you know, Jason, how long have you been locked up? He'd say 12,214 days. Counting on? And 11 hours. I mean, it oh. was like, you know, and he didn't say it like it was funny. He was serious. He was angry. He was bitter. And <sighs> Jason Weeks made his own time really hard. Yeah. And nobody really wanted to hang out with him. Like, he was extreme. Listen, and super bright guy. I mean, I'm not yeah. saying he's not... He's, he just, he's a bright guy that, you know, just, just made his time harder than it needed to be and was not someone that you wanted to hang out with. Like I, I would hang out with him because he was smart, but you, I'd hang out with him for 20 minutes. And after 20 minutes, I'd be like, this is why we don't hang out. <laughs> That's right. I have okay, friends like that. Yeah. I'll see you around. And I'd leave. And then two weeks later, I'd see him and I go talk to him for 20 minutes. I'd be like, Oh, again, every time you always get me. <laughs> so that's, it's just not smart. It's not smart to be yeah. to complain the whole time. Yeah. And the, the, the big problem too, is he's probably going to have a couple of two, three years of appeals. Oh, so that doesn't really help him. Yeah. It, it, for I'm saying mentally, Mentally. he's going to keep thinking, I'm going to win. I could get out. They're going to come to me. They're going to offer me something. They're going to give me this. They're going to give me that. They're going to. I feel like he will get, he, he gets, he's like an overly optimistic guy. Like I remember when I was asking him in house arrest, I was like, what, what do you think your odds are of getting out of this scot-free? And he was like, he, there were moments where he said, uh, maybe like a little under 50% chance. And I was like, man, that is so not like, even just knowing the conviction rate in like, the, even just knowing the conviction rate, I'm like, that's just statistically unlikely. Like, even no. if I thought you were innocent, which I don't, don't. Yeah, so I'm just like, if he was, if he was innocent, he's got about an 80% chance of being found guilty. Exactly, exactly. So yeah. I just feel like Sam, during these appeals, I imagine him being overly optimistic and being like, maybe this is this, this is the time I'm going to get out of this. And actually, the same thing happened when he was thrown in, in MDC. I think his, his lawyers did, up until the date of his trial, like continually try to get him out. And I feel like he probably clung on to that hope of potentially getting out of jail. And uh, I assume it'll be the same in prison. So that's not great for his mental mental state perspective. Oh man. Oof. He needs to try and get a he needs to join a softball team and try and get a two man cell as soon as possible. Oof. Uh because he's gonna be there a while. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. I know he plays paddle ball. Are there are there any games? The guys are, he loves games. Do you, oh, are there games? He are can you play? serious? There are they. This these guys are professional game players. There's everything from Risk to Monopoly. They've oh. got shuffleboard. They oh. have uh, volleyball courts. They have racquetball courts. They oh. have um, handball, um, <laughs> softball. What else? That's good. Soccer. Okay, what, he'll have some games to have, play. They have a massive, massive rec yard. You have to understand the. If you keep these guys entertained, we need we can get less staff. You know, we don't wow. need as many people to watch them to control them. Right. So 
Give them soccer balls. Give them this. Pool tables. Uh, do you want to learn how to do leather craft? Do you want to learn how to paint? That makes Practice. sense. Right. That's good. Okay, that's something for him to do. Okay. Because, yeah, he, he once sent me his Amazon purchase history. And, like, like I, only he was buying a lot of a lot of board games. So if they have board games, I'm sure he'll oh, yeah. be happy. And, but he likes video games. Do they have video games in prison? No. Well, I mean, here, the problem in federal prison, as far as I, I, when I was there, the answer is no. But since I left, like when I got there, they, they came out with uh, MP3 players. Oh. And uh, yeah, my, my wife just said he could get a cell phone. I, I said that earlier. <laughs> I said he'll probably get a cell phone, but which is contraband. He'll get in trouble if he gets it. But so let's say maybe he gets a cell phone um, or he could, you know, they have, uh, they have like pads now, right? Like, um, iPads now, but they're not iPads, you know, okay. like you say that I say that it's, it's not an iPad, um, <laughs> but it's their version of an iPad. So like he'll the probably, prison gives them these, or do you mean like as contraband he could get his hands? No, no, on. no. He, he can get one. Like the prison gives it to you. Oh, that's and, nice. But I don't really know necessarily what, like, I think you might be able to watch movies. I know in county jails and stuff they do. And I know they were introducing them into federal prisons, but it depends on what federal prison. You know, I just don't know. And even then, I'm not sure what they're going, what they will, are they going to have games on it? Are they going to have, listen, there were guys in federal prison when I was locked up. Real quick, I ended up going through a, a private prison when I was being moved, when I first got locked up. And they were housing California inmates in, in Oklahoma. Which what not Oklahoma, Mississippi in Mississippi I forget, but it was a private prison and there was a wing where they had California prisoners. These guys had video games. They're wearing their own. They're wearing sweatsuits. They're watching TV. Like we would walk by and you can see them. There's a huge window as you're walking by the hall and guys are looking and they're like, "This is insane. It's pretty nice. Why would you leave? Yeah. Like this is <laughs> what." So I, I don't, but you know, it, it's pretty strict in federal prison. He's, he's going to have, but like I said, it, once he realizes, Hey, my appeals are out, I'm probably going to be doing all this time and he'll always be doing some kind of an appeal and he'll always have that kind of hope. But at some point you're like, yeah, I hope it works out, but I'm probably going to do the next 10 years in prison. Yeah. He, he'll probably be in a better mind, you know, frame of mind. That makes sense. That makes sense. Which it, it sucks, but. You know. Well, it makes sense. Like, it makes sense to not have that like constant hope over your head. Oof. But the well, like, he told me that the main thing he would miss is internet. So, I mean, I guess oh, that yeah. sounds like that's not going to happen for him. No, I don't. Something would have to change. Well, oh, and let, just last question. I remember someone telling me that he could end up in a prison anywhere in the U.S. Is that true? Do you yeah. know how that works? Absolutely. Okay. I didn't you, know. I thought that like I figured it would be in New York, but no. I don't know. I I have. I, I can tell you, I know multiple guys that were lived in California. All their family was in California. Uh, they were they were found. They were indicted in California, tried or pled guilty in California, and were in the same prison I was in in Florida. Oh, interesting. You know? Oh, and I mean that happens all the time. All the time, people I are. Didn't know that five states away 10 you know they they they'll tell you their policy is to keep you within is it 200 miles 300 miles yeah they, they try and keep you as close but you know let's face it they can't do that close to family but close to where your your residence is yes mm -hmm. or you know or yeah your family like 
but they can't do that. Like some, some, you know, some states have lots of prisons in them and then some states have one or two. Yeah. You know, so how do you do that? If you got five prisons in one state and one in another one, I mean, you can't. And do they just cho- choose kind of randomly just based on where there's occup- like where there's availability? That it's part partly that and it's partly are you close to your relatives or but and your security level. That's another thing that mm-hmm. uh, my wife was just saying. She was, you know, that let's face it, if they have very few pens. Yeah. So if you're from, you know, if you're from Iowa, you know, and, and, and you can't go to maybe you can. And, and also where were your co-defendants? Lots of guys have separate what they call separatees on them. So you testified against me or you cooperated against me. And now we have a separatees. So they ship me to your prison and they put me in the shoe because they go, Oh, wait a minute. One of your co-defendants is here. You can't stay here. And then they ship you to imagine if you have a large case and then they ship you to another prison. You would think they know that your co-defendants are here, here, and here, but they don't. They ship you there. You sit in the shoe while they figure it out, and they go, oh, yeah, we can't send you here either. Interesting. Or wow. they'll ship you across. Let's say you have to go to RDAP, the drug program. That Maybe there's no RDAP at your at your at the low-security prison or the medium or whatever you're at. There is none. Interesting. So we're going we're gonna to move you to California, or we're going to move you to Texas, or we're going to move you, and you're like, that's five states away from where I live. So it could just be anywhere. That's interesting. I didn't know that. But but like I said, I think they'll probably keep him close. They'll probably make an extra effort to keep him close to home. First yeah. of all, he's still got trials. He still has lawyers. He still has family. You can pay. You can pay former BOP staff members. It's nothing. It's like fifteen hundred or twenty five hundred dollars to make a plea to. I forget the name of the place. Basically, they write up a whole thing where they uh, they basically make a plea to keep you and why they should keep you at this prison. His lawyers are going to make those calls. The judge is going to recommend he stay close to home, uh, and they'll probably pay someone to make that effort. And the probation uh, officer is going to also say that there's a good chance. You know, let's face it. He's not some gangbanger from the projects. Yeah. He's got a bunch of people on his side rooting for him yeah. that, that hold that carry, you know, a lot of weight. Mm hmm. Yeah. So. Okay. So likely around California. That's where his family is. Yes. Okay. That's good to know. And then just other quick questions. So obviously right now he'll be interviewed for the PSR, the pre-sentence report. And once he does get sentenced, what is the process from there? Like they don't immediately just ship into prison, do they? Or like what's the timeline? Look so, like? well, I, I think the problem with him is, you know, and I did another interview and I, I didn't realize he had another trial mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, he'll be gone in two weeks. He probably would be unless it was it would have to be around like the holidays if it cost. And even then, it'd only be like maybe another week. The problem is he has another trial. Right. So, no, they're going to probably transfer him or keep him in the U.S. Marshals holdover or maybe the BOP. I don't know how that's going to work with another trial, but he's not going. He's not going to go anywhere if he's got another trial. They're just going to keep him right there. Yeah. And then once he's sentenced. Once he's sentenced and then the sentence comes out, like, do they just, it's two weeks usually, like, until he gets into prison? Yeah. Within, mm. within a week or two, he may end up having to go to some kind of a processing center like um, uh, Oklahoma City. Yeah. And, and you know, so he might be shipped to Oklahoma City and they kind of do a review or something. I mean, the worst case scenario, he's at the prison he's going to be at within three or four weeks. Okay. Maximum. Maximum. <laughs> 
didn't know any of these things. This is as much me interviewing you as you can. I have, hey, I'm, I'm, you know, like you're, you're asking me questions. The Oklahoma City uh, prison or hold they call it the, like the holdover. They, it's, it's connected to, to, um, to an airport. Mm -hmm. So they fly you in on Con Air, and it's a regular plane. It's not like the movie. Uh, they fly you in, and you know the the whatever that thing is comes and and it hooks up to the plane and you leave that you walk through that hallway into the prison and there are, wow. it, it is it's like something out of it's it's an or orwellian nightmare it's, oh my God. you know you're all shackled together chained way and you're you're all you know your 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 arms are you know at your waist you you got waist chains on you're all your legs are shackled there's a oh there's a chain going from each inmate and then you walk in and then the the guards, you know, you stand, there's like probably five or six guards in a row and you walk up onto this platform and then they, they take the chains off you and then you immediately go into a room that's covered with um, metal all the way around the room. Wow. So all the way up the walls, it's diamond plated and you go in this room and you stand there and you're, you might be in there for three or four hours. You can't sit down. There's too many. They pack you in, pack oh you in. God. It's listen it's it's absolutely it's, it's something you've never it's like being in a movie but yeah. it's you know obviously it's not and you do you it's this this surreal feeling like i can't believe this is happening this is i can't believe this is happening i mean oh my god the whole that's time fun. oh my god that's crazy you, know, you have they, good stories yeah you've been <laughs> they give a you, lot? yeah i was gonna say then they give you your room and you'll be there for whatever five days 10 days 15 days and then they're gonna send you to a prison you're gonna be put on a couple of a uh, couple of buses, and you might just stop at a prison at another jail or a holdover for a day. You'll sleep there that night. The next morning, they cuff you up again, put you on a bus for another five hours. They do it again, and but you, within a few days, you listen. He's never gonna have been through anything this horrible in his entire life. Definitely not. He had a pretty charmed life. <laughs> yeah, I grew up on in Stanford and just like had a good life. Oof. But he'll he'll listen. He'll have a, a new appreciation for. You know, I, I, I have a story that where I, I'll tell you, and then, then we can, you know, I'll let you go. No worries. The, the, my, the story is I, when I was locked up in, um, in the U S Marshall's hold, basically like a County jail, I was waiting to be sentenced and I was talking to this guy who just done, God, he done whatever I, I'm not, what it was like 10 or 12 years in federal prison. And I think he still had a few more years to do in the state. Um, and I, I was just like, man, I, this is, this is so, you know, I was just like, I can't believe this is happening. And he said, uh, he said, I, I know Cox, I, I know, I know, I understand you're freaking out. Listen, he is, there is going to be a time and it's going to be a few years from now, but there will be a time. He said, you're going to go to prison and you're, there will be a time. He said, when you will be sitting around and he, he by the way, he was telling me a story that somebody had told him. He said, you will be sitting around and you will be laughing and joking and doing something and you are going to stop. And there will be a moment when you will realize like, wow, this is great. These are great guys. I'm having a good time. This is great. What a great moment. And you've had those on the outside. You have those sometimes with your friends, right? Yeah. But you'll, when you're locked up and you have that moment. He said, and you're going to think there's no place I'd rather be. And I went, 
you're out of your fucking mind, bro. That's never going to happen. Probably three years later, I was playing risk with a bunch of guys, Uh probably four or five guys. This guy's invading this country. This guy had an agreement not to invade that country. He rolls the dice. He invades it. Y'all can't believe you. You, we had an agreement. You, he's like, yo, bro, what am I supposed to do? I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I gotta take Czechoslovakia. You know, and we're like, we're laughing. There are people bringing us sodas. Like they have guys that will walk around and sell sodas, and they're bringing a food. And they're, somebody's like, yeah, yeah, give me a Pepsi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's ice cold, and you're walking, and you're laughing. And I, I remember I was laughing so hard. And I remember looking around at these guys and thinking, this is great. Like this is great. These guys are these are great guys. And it hit me. I was like, oh my god. Right. Oh my god. Because that guy told me about his moment. Yeah. His moment was, you know, they were standing around a burn barrel talking and shooting the shit one day. And he said, I had that moment. He said, and you'll realize I can, it's going to be okay. I can do this. Yeah. And I, and it was. And I was at the low security prison at that point. It was probably I'd been there a year. I'd been locked up four or five years at that point. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is going to be okay. So he'll, you know, if he's lucky, he gets to that point. Yes. Because by the time I left the last three or four years that I was, you know, getting toward leaving prison, I was honestly genuinely okay. Like I, I I wanted to leave. You want to leave. You still want to live your life on the outside. You know, it's better. Yeah. But you're, you're okay. Wow. That was a profound story. What a good... I can't, I, my, my wife is going, tell me, tell her, I can't all choke up. Um, she said, tell her how, when you left prison. So I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm so mad at you right now. Okay. So when I left prison, you know, I had, I, I was, we were driving away and, um, I remember looking at the prison, like I'd never seen it from the outside. Right. Yeah. And I remember looking at the prison and my brother said, man, I'll bet you're glad to, uh, I'm, you know, bet you're glad to be leaving that place. Something like along those lines. And I just started crying. And he was like, you know, like, I'm, I know you're glad to be leaving there, but it wasn't that I was leaving. It was that, you know, my, my best friends were there and I knew how much I was going to miss them. You know, you have what, you know, it's called, you know, survival guilt. Yeah. And I just remember being so upset and sad because I was leaving these guys that I just loved. Yeah. And um, listen, going into prison didn't really feel that way. Yeah. About it, about really anybody. Like I had a, I had a girlfriend that I was in love with at the time, but by the time I actually went into the prison, that was over. Yeah. You know, and there were certainly no friends or anything that I, I missed, yeah. but you know, he, he will, hopefully he has that moment because God knows this guy's got a lot to figure out in his life. Cause he is a damaged, like if I'm a damaged, damaged soul, he's definitely, you know, at least I got to, at least I, I was lucky enough to know I should have been in prison that I, I really made a series of horrible, horrendous mistakes in my life. And I'd harmed a lot of people. Yeah. He hasn't come to that realization. God, I hope he does. Yeah. Or he's going to, he's going to do some really, really hard time mentally. 
Yeah. Oh. I'm so mad at my at my wife right now. No, that was a really good story, and it was like also like a very good end because I'm like I you I I had chills. It was good. I well, hope that I hope that for Sam and like anyone who's serving that long a sentence, like I hope so. Oh my god, that was good. Hey, if you guys watch the video, I really do appreciate it. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe to my channel, hit the bell so you get notified of videos just like this. Leave me a comment in the comment section. Also, we are gonna leave. Tiffany's um, her all of her social media links in the description box. I'm also going to leave her YouTube channel. Please go to her YouTube channel if you like this content and subscribe. And please consider joining my Patreon. It really does help me out. Thank you. See ya.